Hi friends, welcome to the Living Truth Podcast. I'm your host today, Kristen Carey, and I am thrilled to be sitting here in our podcast studio with my dear friends, Jen and Brenda. Hi Hi. So glad to have you guys here today with me. Glad to be here. Love it. It's so good to see you guys again. Yes. You guys, I'm excited to have Jen and Brenda here with me because not only are these amazing women my friends, but for the last four and a half years, we have been running women in the battle groups together. In fact, these two women, along with one other woman who's not here today, and I all started Women in the Battle in February of 2016. And so we're going to talk to you guys today about the power of the group. And all three of us obviously have devoted a lot of time and energy into running recovery groups for women who've experienced sexual betrayal. All three of our husbands have been involved in running recovery groups for men recovering from um, sexual addiction or sexual integrity issues. So this is a big part of our lives. And I am just so thankful that you guys agreed to bring your story, bring your hope, your perspective to this podcast table today, but also just for the last almost five years of pouring into women in our community. So I just want to thank you for all that you guys have given and done. So let me tell you guys who are listening um, where we're coming from in terms of our group that we run. Women in the battle groups um, are both peer-facilitated and coming from a trauma model. So let me explain what that means. Peer-facilitated means that every woman who is in Women in the Battle who leads has actually gone through sexual betrayal trauma herself. Um, Nobody is doing this with a professional hat on in terms of facilitating the small groups within Women in the Battle Each facilitator gets trained as a peer facilitator. So coming to the table with her own story, with her own experience, and yet able to lay that aside for the sake of being there for others. The peer facilitator model of support groups is extremely powerful. There's tons of research out there about why that model is so incredibly effective. But honestly, I think the proof is in the stories of the life change of the women that we work with. Okay, the second part of what our group is, is, is it's, it's a trauma model group. It's trauma informed. And what that means is we lead women through their recovery from betrayal trauma from the perspective that they have been traumatized. And so the other type of support groups that are out there for women married to men with sexual integrity struggles is known as the co-addict or codependent model. And that model assumes that those women must be just as sick as their husbands because they were attracted to him in the first place. Even though most women have no idea their their spouse, their significant other, has these sexual integrity struggles. They're so well hidden. Um, So the research has shown that the trauma model is the most effective and is actually the one that is research-based. And so this is the model that we use for the groups that we run. So I just wanted to give you guys a perspective on that. And so I'm going to jump into our first question for my friends here. Um, So Jen and Brenna, can you guys share why you decided to go ahead and help start Women in the Battle back in February 2016? Wow. This is Jen, guys. February 2016 seems like an eternity Mm -hmm. ago. Um, It has been such an amazing, blessed journey to be on and such a wonderful experience to have um, with my friends, Brenda and Kristen, and all the ladies that we've, we've supported through these years. 
in February 2016, I was about two and a half years into my recovery journey. I was incredibly blessed to find a coach and a community within weeks of my discovery. They made all the difference in the world in helping me survive those dark early days. I, I don't know what I would have done without you. And, and just so everyone knows, Kristen was my first coach. Um, probably within two weeks of the discovery, mm-hmm. I was brought to her doorstep. So it was it was amazing. And it was even more amazing because when I showed up, I realized she and I had gone to college together and we had been in a sorority. So it was it was certainly meant to be. So at that you know at that point when Kristen asked whether Brenda and I wanted to be a part of joining this this group, forming this group, I knew it was something that I had to be a part of to help others do the same thing that um, that I had that had been done for me. No one, no one should have to go through those dark early days alone, and and I wanted to make sure I was there for others as well. Brenda, what about you? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'll be quite honest. Um, I'm not sure I knew what I was getting myself into. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure if I was qualified. Um, But when Kristen asked me, and I know that um, I'd known Kristen long enough to know that if she was asking me to do something like this, she had full faith in me to to walk beside her. Um, But I knew that if I could help just one other woman, if I could help others in the same pain and devastation you know, that I'd gone through, then I had to do it. I had to say, say yes to jumping in. And I I can't believe it's been this many years. And um, I've met so many Mm -hmm. beautiful, amazing women and just feel really blessed to have done that and be sitting here in the room with Mm. Kristen and Jen. It's very, very exciting. Um, so why do you guys keep giving your valuable time and energy voluntarily to help keep these groups running? I mean, you're both very busy. You're both working full time. You're both moms. You have intense, busy schedules, but yet you still, after almost five years, give your time and energy, not just to our women in the battle meetings, but to women outside the meetings when they're in need of friendship and support and love. Why do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is Brenda. It's, um, (laughs) It's really become part of my life every week. You know, my friends and family know that I clear my schedule on this specific time. And um, this is what I do. And I feel strongly called by God to give back in this area. Um, I really see it as giving to others what those before me gave to me. Um, You know, meeting Kristen and Jen, and we were in a life group together and with some other amazing women and, um, you know, what they were able to give me. So, and those are things like support, hope, space, community, love, and just so, so much more. Yeah, I I agree, Brenda. Weekly group is such an internal level set for me, reminding me to spend time on what matters. Each woman matters. The community matters. And like Brenda, I, I absolutely feel called by God to use my own healing journey to make as much of a positive difference as I can in the healing journey of others. Honestly, though, it's not all about serving others. That is a huge part of it, but it also is life-giving to me. I have learned so much and continue to grow every year as we go through this. I mean, we've been doing it for a long time now. Each year, it's something different. You can go through a lot of the same topics and learn something different about yourself and about others each time, just because the power of the group. 
there's different discussion each time you go through it. So it's really, it's really both serving others and it, it helps me grow year after year as well. Yeah. If I can piggyback on that. Absolutely. I, I'm still learning and growing after all of this time and, and, you know, walking with these women. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's, it's just as much for me as it is for them. It's also the joy of connecting with a woman in her most fragile, vulnerable state. It's like sacred, holy ground, right? For sure, for sure. Like these women are so vulnerable and like disoriented. And it's almost like finding a little baby bunny that's been abandoned by its mother, you know, Mm -hmm. in your yard. And you just want to like do whatever you need to do to like take care of it. I mean, I know these are grown women, but they're the blow of sexual betrayal is so disorienting and bewildering and catastrophic that um, it's, I can't look at these women and and turn away and be like, nope, don't have time for that, you know? So obviously, wow. in order to do this and do this well without losing our sanity, we all have to set good boundaries and have good self-care. And one thing I'm so thankful for with our community is how well we are able to give each other relief. Mm-hmm. And anytime anyone needs to take a break, whether it's a week or four weeks or however long, people are able to do that. Because just like Jesus sent his disciples out two by two, we lead our groups in pairs. Mm-hmm. And I love that about our community because it never feels like all the pressure's on one person. Yeah. Right. There's always someone to jump in <clears throat> when someone needs help. And Kristen, absolutely. Like I, everyone matters. And that's why mm-hmm. as busy as busy as we are every week, like knowing that once you clear that time, I never regret it after I clear the time. I am always, it fills my joy capacity, right? Every Mm -hmm. time after the meeting, I'm like, yeah, maybe I didn't want to clear the time. I am so thankful I did Mm. because someone needed to, to hear, to be, to see, just to, to heal together. So Mm -hmm. I never regret Anytime I give the time. I love hearing you say that, Jen, because that makes me think of the women who are listening to this, who are in early stages and feel like they are a bother or a burden Mm. because they're bleeding out and they feel like the needy one. And um, hi, each of us were that needy one at one point. Were we not? Oh, for sure. And I'll tell you, like when when I first got into this, I was texting my husband nonstop with a whole bunch of shameful, awful spewing my anger my grief all of it it had to come out yeah like I mm-hmm. had to get it out and and I know Kristen you were like okay you can't text him anymore did you I really need- tell you yeah, what you to do because I don't usually well- tell people what to do <laughs> yeah no that's a good point um because I wanted you to tell me what to do right but it was my yeah, own did. journey so right. I'm like really are you kidding me could mm-hmm. you give me one answer but no so so what you probably said thinking back on it was <laughs> maybe don't want to continue to text them and you were like why don't you just text me every now and then and I and I will like answer. pretend like I'm him yeah like <laughs> just get it out you got to get it out write it out journal it out or text me yeah um, I'll answer if I can because you were you know you were great about setting your boundaries but get it out in a different way mm-hmm. so I you know totally the same thing you know what I like to tell women is please contact me anytime yeah text phone, email, whatever. I'll answer if I can. I promise you that. And if I can't, I'll I'll get back to you as soon as possible. But you got to reach out. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like you're that person that 
is a burden, a bother. You just have to connect. Yeah. I do hope women hearing this will, will realize like the power of what this experience is like for us as facilitators to be there for them is just as amazing as the power of what they can receive from us. I think that's really important for women to remember. Um, Okay, my next question, you guys, is what difference do you think that women in the battle makes in the lives of individual women? Well, let's just lay it out there. This betrayal journey is a journey that no one wants to go through, catches so many smart and beautiful women completely by surprise, and there's just not one formula for healing. When this storm hits us, we have no tools in our Mm -hmm. typical toolkit to figure out what to do with this pile of crap, which is putting it completely nicely. (laughs) And if I wasn't wasn't being recorded, I would go into (laughs) all kinds of other words. Um, But this pile of stuff that's kind of been put on us, you know, women in battle provides those tools for healing. As simple as it sounds, one of the tools that really helped me was journaling the five things that I was angry about each day Mm -hmm. and the five things I was grateful for each day. And it was, it was on a lot of days, really hard to find Mm -hmm. anything that I was grateful for. But that tool helped me immensely because I had to have an avenue again to get my anger out. I was so mad. Mm -hmm. I had to, I had to follow it up with even a little, the little things I was grateful for. Cause if I didn't, I was going to sit in that anger all day. So I had to close it out with grateful, gratefulness. So it was a perfect tool for me. Not every tool works for everyone, but there are so many different tools I think women in the battle offer that you can pick and choose what works for you. It would have been so easy to sit in that anger. Um, So I was just really, really thankful for that exercise. You know, the other thing, having the community as a resource when something just didn't sit quite right with me, like my whole world had been turned upside down. My reality, well, what I thought was reality, Mm -hmm. uh, was just upside down. So I needed, I needed the community to kind of bounce ideas off of or thoughts or just to even speak words out loud. Because sometimes when I speak, like when I go to a counselor, when I speak the words out loud, I kind of hear and process what I'm saying and thinking. And I'm like, Oh, wait, Maybe that doesn't sound right. So I think the community offers that, a sounding board, somewhere where you can just bring everything you have and get it out. Sometimes sometimes that helps you process, and it, it certainly did me. Hmm. So many, so many good tools. Brenda, what about you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, I believe um, that women find that they're not alone, hmm. and that's just so huge. It's such a personal and private, lonely journey. Um, It's easy to stay isolated, especially if you've told someone that judged you or someone that couldn't handle your situation. And that's pretty common, you know, to have a friend or a family member that you told and then they're like questioning every move you make. And, you know, it's, yeah. Um, It's also so important to have um, safe women that you've walked this journey with ahead of you. And to hear other stories and say, I went through that, or I felt that exact same way. You know, um, sometimes in our lives, sometimes our friends can't handle what's going on. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, others haven't walked that path and they don't really, really understand that. Um, And then there's the factual information that helps you understand how your brain works and why you have certain triggers or react or feel the way you do. 
in certain situations. Um, and then finally, for me, it's the hope that's given freely from woman to woman and seeing how from the devastation of possible PTSD, mm-hmm. they can end up with a post-traumatic growth. Yeah. And um, go on to be empowered in, really in all areas of their life. Yeah. I know for me, I've learned so much and grown so much personally that I feel like I'm a better Certainly a better wife, but a better mom and a better daughter and a better friend. So, yeah, I agree. And and what I do tell a lot of women in the group is there are a lot of principles and tools that aren't just betrayal specific, right? Setting boundaries yeah. is mm-hmm. one. I, I, I don't think I'd ever heard the word boundaries or, you know, what tools can you can do you have to actually set measurable boundaries that are that you can can enforce react to that that keep you safe and meet your needs like that just wasn't something I ever thought about right so Mm -hmm. or the word self-care yeah self-care what does that mean who has time for (laughs) self-care and I remember Kristen asking me early on what do you need and I'm like what do I need I don't think anybody's ever asked me that I don't even know. I have no clue wow. what I need. Wow. Yeah. Right. And that is so powerful. I, I, so I've adopted that from you, Kristen. Oh, good. And right. I, I love to ask women that because yeah. I think so many of us have just never even been asked In that. In fact, you just asked me that the other day when I was unraveling I on the phone with you. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, what do you need? And I, and I, it did, I was like, oh, well, and it helps. It helps mm-hmm. a lot. That simple question. Mm-hmm. But we just can't, sometimes when we're in the middle of the storm, we can't get out of our heads. And then also I think as women and, and especially Christian women, I don't think we're taught or raised to think of what do we need? Like, or to think of self-care. We tend to think that's selfish, but the result of self-care is that we're actually following Jesus's greatest command, which is, well, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and will, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. We tend to leave out that as you love yourself and we tend to love ourselves really poorly. Right. Right. And I find a lot of women, I know I got, I lost what I needed. Like when, yeah. when I first was asked that, when I was going through the early stages of the journey, I'm like, can you tell me what I need? Cause True. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know what will help. And, and, you know, no one can answer that question for you, but that's <clears throat> part of the growth process is, you know, you may not know what you need today other than just a sense of relief, um, from the pain and anger. But eventually you see women grow into being able to verbalize, well, wait a minute, I am feeling frustrated or angry. What do I need? And then they're able to answer that. Yeah. So it's such an amazing, uh, such an amazing growth journey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Totally. Oh my gosh. So I'd love to hear what your particular passion is within the group. Like what do you love especially to do within women in the battle? Yeah. Um, My particular passion in the group has been working with women coming to group for the first time. I know how hard it is to come to that first meeting. It's really difficult. And I like to hold space for these women um, to feel extra safe. Um, I love to see how they change over time. And some of the most timid, broken women have come through and have even become facilitators in our group. Mm -hmm. And that is amazing amazing I just had dinner with um, one of the women that was in probably my second group probably sometime within the first year and really 
she would just cry through group. I mean, she was just so hard for her to be there. And, um, now she's become a peer facilitator Mm -hmm. and she's starting to facilitate in our groups. And I told her, I said, I just cannot believe the difference in you. You've had so much growth. So, um, that's so amazing to see. And it's really God's work. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love facilitating groups of women, just ensuring each woman can share their heart, what's on their heart, that each woman knows they have a voice. I think as as moms, as wives, as people who are working, not working, staying at home, whatever it is, we just kind of sometimes, I lost my voice. Um, I know that's kind of hard for my family to believe, probably, to be quite <laughs> honest. Um, but I lost who I who I was. You mean when the betrayal broke your yeah, world I, I open? I just lost yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't know how to use my voice. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I needed. So for me, it's just making sure each woman is heard and does have a voice to kind of process the pain and the emotion and share what's on her heart. Um, I love helping them know that whatever they're feeling, it's real. Mm-hmm. It's normal. It's valid. It's okay. It, whatever you're feeling, it's okay. And honestly, the woman sitting next to you or on the Zoom call, they have probably had those thoughts and feelings at some point too, right? You're yeah. you're really not alone in that. So it's just really, for me, facilitating those discussions and hearing the women kind of, it's just life-giving to to see the women process through the pain and devastation to a place of healing, hope, and growth. Mm. One thing I want to point out too, like for women listening to this who maybe are really reticent about coming and pouring out their heart, is that we definitely provide a safe place for women to be able to come and be completely silent at their first meeting or two. Mm -hmm. Like there is never a pressure, like you have to talk or you have to spill your guts or you have to cry. There's like, we we really believe... um, the power of the group sometimes comes from just observing Mm -hmm. and that can give a woman a tremendous amount of hope, even if she's not ready to talk. Mm -hmm. I think most of our leaders, I mean, I even remember the um, interview that I did with Ruth, Ashley and Susan and like Ruth was talking about how vehemently opposed she was to coming and how much she delayed it. Yes. Right. And it's like, it's like very common if you're listening to this right now and you're like, Heck to the no, I am not going to something like that. I just, I think it's incredibly powerful and you, you know that you can set boundaries and limits and ask for what you need. You don't have to spill your guts. I just think that's really important to know. Um, okay, Jen and Brenna, my next question is, uh, what, what is it about our community that you really love? Oh, yeah, I love the connection, the connection and support of the community. I mean, it really is truly, I keep using the word amazing. I feel like I need mm-hmm. to come up with a, a different adjective to explain it, but it's it's honestly unbelievable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the support when someone's going through something difficult, a difficult day, a difficult season, and they reach out and you, you see the other women reach back out and not with answers because we don't have the answers for that person, but just to hold space for that other person is, is, is unbelievably encouraging. You know, I love that I may have never met a woman, woman before. And, you know, within a few short group meetings, I can feel totally connected with her. Um, 
just through kind of a common, a common experience. And really the fact that I really believe we create such a safe place for people to be completely vulnerable and authentic, Mm -hmm. uh, just by not judging. And I know that's, that's such a catchphrase, right? Like really we don't judge, but, but it's such a crazy mixed up experience you're going through. It's kind of mm-hmm. easy to just go, Hey, it is what it is, right? There, it is truly a no judgment zone. And, and it's really one of the few places in my life that it, that it is a no judgment zone. Yeah. Right. And let's just be real. We judge ourselves too, right? Oh my gosh. So, mercilessly. We're the worst oh. judge uh, judges of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So to come into a space where women are are like looking at us with love and compassion mm-hmm. and kind of that, oh my gosh, I get you, sister. Yeah. Instead of judgment or like bewilderment, because we do get so many, like when we tell friends or family what we're going through with the sexual mm-hmm. betrayal, sometimes we get so much look looks of horror, eye rolling, like disgust, mm-hmm. all kinds of toxic reactions, which I get, I understand. But to have a place where women can listen and be un- unshocked right by it you know like because we've heard these things even the most shocking of sexual behaviors a woman might come and say this is what I just found out my husband did and not that we spend a lot of time discussing graphic details of what they did that's Mm -hmm. not a focus of our group it's more the focus on how do you recover from the trauma of that sexual betrayal but the reality is you can talk about what you're going through and not be looked at with horror disgust or judgment yeah or worry that you know the person you just told is going to call yes. a big group and say, hey, we really need to be praying oh for my gosh. Brenda. <laughs> we really need to be praying for Jen. Oh, why? Tell me more. You know, it just, yeah. just the whole prayer request. Yeah. Lynn's gossip. Such a safe, safe mm-hmm. place. So, yeah. yeah, for me, I just love this community so much. I think I've said that every time I've talked. Um, <laughs> we all need connection. And just like Jen said, the connection, being connected with women and similar situations. It's just so priceless. And there's so much healing power that comes from the group. And I love that I have a safe um, people that I can reach out to outside of group. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when I don't need to have a conversation, I just need to vent. And I know I can text or I can Marco Polo with someone. Um, That's an app, by the way, if you don't know that. Um, (laughs) We... um, you know, someone in the group that understands, like we said, doesn't judge, doesn't try to fix us, and um, that I can really speak from my heart and from my hurt and my pain, and um, they can handle it and understand. And really, a lot of what you said, Jen, but that's that's yeah. And you know, the other thing I I really love is that my husband was walking his own path in men in the battle, yeah, while I was walking my path in women in the battle, right? And and for us, we did not need or couldn't walk a journey together most couples can't right in the beginning mm-hmm. there's just too much like pain right so I lo- like it gave me a, a sense of I, I guess safety I don't know if that's the right word or not that he had his own side of the street I had my own mm-hmm. path I was walking each of those groups focused on what each of us needed right so what I needed was totally different than what he needed but we could walk that process not together, but along the same train track. And that was so helpful for me. Yeah, yeah. you're heading in the same direction. Right. 
hopefully, yeah. right? And it yeah. doesn't always happen that right. you guys are heading in the same direction. Well, because sometimes one member of the coupleship doesn't want to recover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's okay, though, right? Mm-hmm. Because because women in the battle and men in the battle, I mean, it, it can go both ways. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I would I wanted to run as far away as I could from my marriage um, when this first came out. So my husband was working on his recovery journey and and I had a choice to make same thing if a wife is working on her recovery journey right Mm -hmm. but the focus of the group is on the individual person and how to help them heal from the pain and devastation rather than getting you to an end goal because let's be honest yeah we don't know what the end goal is no there's no Mm -hmm. way to know that when somebody starts yeah the part of the power of these groups is just the way that we meet the, the needs of the individual Mm-hmm. And, and so if you are listening to this podcast and you're thinking, gosh, I need recovery, but I know my husband, there's no way he'd do a group like women in the battle is still an ideal place for you. We hold space and we have a lot of women whose marriages end and they still feel very safe Absolutely. and empowered and equipped in our community. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. On those same lines, you were just talking about um, men in the battle, Jen, because my you know husband is also a facilitator in that. Um, I love the fact that we have the opportunity, um, really and access to the men in the battle and to hear their thoughts and hear about Mm -hmm. their healing and their recovery journey. Uh, My husband, you know, spoken, you know, with women in the battle and um, shared with us and the vulnerability of those men to share um, about their journey is very powerful and helpful for us too, I believe. Yeah, it is very powerful. And it gives women who are in recovery and they, their husband is maybe checking the boxes He's doing meetings and stuff, but his attitude isn't changing. His heart isn't softening. It gives those women a lot of clarity to see a a man like your husband, Brenda, who's got this humility and this brokenness. He usually cries when he speaks with us. It's very tender. (laughs) He didn't used to cry. He's very emotional. It's a a recovery thing. It's because Mm -hmm. his heart has been broken and his heart is soft. And so women that see that or hear when my husband speaks to the women, it gives the, it gives the women a chance to have clarity about what recovery really looks like. Not that every man is a cookie cutter when they're in recovery, but the general attitude of openness, brokenness, willingness, and humility. It's easy to use those words with the women and describe, here's what recovery would look like in, in your husband's attitude, but it's, hard to imagine what that looks like Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. those words are kind of nebulous they're not measurable behaviors and so it's very powerful to have the experience in women in the battle to see the men to hear the men who are in recovery and men in the battle share Mm -hmm. it just gives you this clarity of like that kind of attitude that's the heart And for some women, that's clarifying to say, oh, my husband is on the right path. And for other women, it's clarifying to say, oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. this is the furthest from my husband is just constantly defensive and reactive and blaming me and gaslighting me and all that. So it does give women a lot of clarity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But it's really key to know what, you know, how long are the men that you're looking at or hearing speak, how far along are they in their recovery? Yeah, we usually don't bring early. We do not bring men in early recovery to speak to the women. These are men who typically have a year of sobriety they're very open about the fact that, look, it's taking me a while to get to this point. This openness, brokenness, willingness, um, you know, did not just happen overnight. So I do think that sometimes I, I wonder like, oh, do these women think that he just 
went one or two times and now no it, it it's it a takes process. a while mm-hmm. it is and so that's why you know if you are hearing men share and you're thinking wow I again it's a comparison thing mm-hmm. right I yeah. wish oh if only no so those are the kinds of things you kind of need you need to you need to seek wise counsel and talk through, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why is my husband behaving this way or that way? I mean, there's no why, ladies. There's no right. why. But um, <laughs> this is not a logical, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Thing. Totally illogical. But you got to kind of those feel. It's okay to have those feelings. You just have to talk through them and kind of understand maybe mm-hmm. where this person's process was different from your husband's process and. You know, unfortunately, sometimes we just have to be patient, Mm -hmm. Uh, but then there's also boundaries we have to set. So it gets super tricky, and that's what I feel like Women in the Battle does a great job of kind of sitting with you wherever you're at in your process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we are um, we're in the process of expanding our groups. We're in the process of training more facilitators, getting ready to um, launch a, a new membership community called the Living Truth Together community in, in January. And so for those of you who are listening who maybe you've never done a recovery group or you have and it's been a bad experience, I mean, that certainly can happen. Um, Jen and Brenda, what would you say to our listeners who are like reticent and, and like they're, they're dealing with betrayal, whether it's fresh or it's old, but they've never gotten the healing and the help. What would you say to them as they consider trying women in the battle? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would say, I hear you. I feel, I felt the exact same way. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I met with a pastor the week after my discovery, maybe two weeks. I mean, time was irrelevant because I was totally in a dark cloud, uh, but it was really early on. And you know, I wanted someone someone to validate that the train wreck my life had just become was not okay. I wanted someone to tell me it was okay to run as far from my marriage as possible because uh, it just wasn't right. But, you know, that was not, you know, I was very fortunate that wasn't what the pastor focused on. He focused on what could help me heal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, towards the end of the meeting, the pastor recommended that I go to a group. And, oh, my goodness. Had I been a fly on the wall listening to my response, looking back at what I know now and experience, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I can see so clearly the pride, the hurt and the anger and all the words that I spoke to him. You know, I told the pastor that I did not want to be part of a group of women who sat around crying about what someone else had done to them. Uh, And you know what? My first group, I was the one that couldn't hold you know, there was not a dry eye. There was not a Kleenex left in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was exactly what I needed, even though I told him that certainly wasn't what I needed. You know, so the one thing he told me or said to me that really kind of changed my my trajectory was, you know, I, I get it. I, I, I hear your pain. I see what you're going through. You have three girls. You cannot be the the mom God wants you to be if you hold on to this grief you've got to process through it mm-hmm. and that was the one that I was like okay pull my kid okay I, yeah my marriage is done right at, at the so time you thought yeah so I thought I thought my marriage was done but man I was not I would do anything to lessen the impact on my kids so at that point I was like I'm gonna do it I, I have to try I have to try uh, so I just encourage anyone it's not you don't want to go to group maybe you need to but what does it hurt to try yeah 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 
Um, so my first thought is find a group, join us, do it now. Don't wait. Um, early on in my journey, I told my therapist, I need a support group. I need people who understand I want a group. So, um, she, you know, did not specifically find one for me, but sent me looking. And so I found one and, um, I went once and I started the whole comparison thing. You know, I didn't think I belonged in that group. Possibly I felt insecure. Um, I remember everyone's story is, you know, was different. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if, if I fit in here, but, um, we all experienced the hurt and pain and I didn't get that at first. So my therapist called me out on it. She's like, you go back you go back five more times and you tell me then if this is not a group for you. And I'm so glad she did because I met one of my best friends and confident, um, confidants and, um, in the group and someone that I back then and still today can call any time of day. And, um, you know, sometimes it's just, I need to vent and I don't need her to, reply are you referring to Jen I am I was just gonna say she's sitting right next to me and you know before Brenda became a life coach she she has been my life coach (laughs) oh so yeah it's it's priceless yeah I would say yeah and you know I I think of all the women we have met over the last five seven years since we've been going through this yeah unbelievable women yeah the smartest women gorgeous the most gorgeous oh yeah but I think of how it all blends in like you know what I you think you're not the smartest you think you're not the most beautiful but it is such we all have different gifts and talents and and the melding that kind of comes from the power of the group yeah is so beautiful and just miraculous and powerful. Yeah. And it really doesn't matter what our stories are. I mean, we're all experiencing that, you know, deep pain of betrayal. And so, yeah, putting that comparison away is really key. It is. Well, Jen and Brenda, thank you so much for joining me on our episode today. I think this is going to be really encouraging, especially for men and women who are thinking about joining a recovery group and just not sure if they should make that plunge. Honestly, I don't know how a person could really come through and recover from sexual betrayal and not be isolated or bitter um, without the power of a group. So friends, if you want to get in touch with us, if you don't already get the Living Truth newsletter every Thursday that comes out, please go to our website, living-truth.org. And you can sign up to get a free ebook there. It's the top 10 tips to rebuild your marriage after sexual betrayal. If your marriage has already ended and you're interested, we also have recently published an ebook called Top 10 Tips to Rebuild Your Marriage or to Rebuild Your Life After Your Marriage Ends Due to Sexual Betrayal. And we'd love to send that to you. You just have to email me um, after you get on the original mailing list. Um, you can just reply to that email and let me know, hey, I want rebuild my life. And I will gladly send that to you. If you get on our mailing list, that way you'll know when our groups open back up again in January and you can just stay in touch with these resources so that you can get everything that you need on your recovery journey. So thanks for joining us today. 